Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. We have the RE sermon series that is going to uh, be, uh, culminate next week in, um, in a word that begins with RE. And I'm guessing you might know what that word is next week, October 31st. No, don't say Halloween. Don't say re-Halloween. Say reformation. Or actually, we can say it reformation. Uh, as Lutherans, that's how we know it. But Pastor Hubbard's going to share a message about that. And it's going to be a really, really cool experience to have. It's always great when uh, Reformation Day, October 31st, falls on a Sunday. And we just have that extra special. Uh, eighth graders will have the opportunity to receive the Lord's Supper. And um, so if you haven't made plans yet to attend uh, next week, uh, perhaps look for that opportunity. But how many of you remember four weeks ago when Pastor Sean started out this sermon series with the first word, R-E? I think there's symbols on the, um, on the wall and so forth that help us. Go ahead and call it out if you remember his first one. Repent. Repent, yes. And then the vicar had the one about the little children, and Jesus said, unless you receive the kingdom of God like a little child, Pastor Brad had one on helping us to repent consider how God views us, how we view ourselves and our relationships with others. Pastor Sean last week had relied. There's at least one person that's been paying attention through this whole thing. That is so awesome. And um, yes, rely. And today, the reason that we're using the word we are is because you just heard what was read from our gospel lesson. Jesus said to Bartimaeus, he said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. We're going to talk about that word recover in just a little bit. But before we do that, I think it's appropriate for us to try to imagine the scene that Jesus had and, and what was taking place. So Jesus was with a larger crowd moving from one part of Jericho, from the old city perhaps to the new city. And this blind beggar Bartimaeus was sitting by the side of the road, begging. And when he heard that Jesus was coming, he started to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Can you relate to Bartimaeus in any way? You know, I'm not sure I can. Yes, many of you know that, that I happen to be visually impaired. And in fact, uh, from a legal definition of things, by the way, sometimes people wonder, what is that I'm carrying on my hip? But in case you've never seen the magic that comes out of there, there you go. Uh, it's a white cane because I do fit the definition for legally being blind. But... As you also may know, I typically don't choose to use that word simply because to me, someone who is blind can't see anything. And compared to someone like that, I can see a lot. I can see quite a bit, well, at least enough to be dangerous. Um, just ask my wife. But anyway, um, so I really don't know what it was like to be for Bartimaeus to be completely blind or for that matter, for anyone who's completely blind. And then as far as being a beggar goes, I certainly can't relate to that. First of all, he was most likely a beggar because he was blind. 
prior to our modern age, I guess you could call that, there was not the insurances and the disability programs and the SSI and all those kind of things that can support folks who might not be able to work for some reason. And so he had to beg. And a beggar, as I would understand it, has absolutely nothing and is dependent every day to receive the the donations, the gifts, the alms, and depending on the, the good graces, the goodwill, the mercy of others in order to live day to day. I certainly can't identify with being a beggar. But Maybe that's why he was all the more insistent when he heard that Jesus was coming that he started crying out like he did. And you'll notice that some people were uncomfortable with that. And um, they tried to quiet him down. He was making a scene. Maybe it was the same folks, maybe some of Jesus' disciples who had tried to keep the children from coming to Jesus. Remember that from three weeks ago, where they were like, oh, get these children out of here. Don't bother the teacher with them. I think perhaps some of that same was going on with the blind man. He wasn't worth the master's time. And so they were trying to tell him to be quiet, but that made him cry out all the more. Jesus, son of David, over here, if you will, have mercy on me. And it worked. It says Jesus stopped, stood still. How far he was from the man, we're not told. But he did say, call him. And maybe those who had been trying to quiet him down now had to go <laughs> and eat crow, if you will, and say, okay, get up, take heart. He's calling you. And we're told the blind man sprang up. I mean, he was ready to go. We're told his cloak, he threw off his cloak. Kind of an odd phrase, was he wearing it? Or maybe more likely he had it folded up on his lap and that was where he received the donations. But when he heard Jesus actually invited him, he got up and that cloak and donations perhaps went flying and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus asked him this once in a lifetime, once in a, I, even, boy, I don't even know that if, if words can even describe this question, but you caught it, didn't you? Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God says to Bartimaeus, he says, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Talk about hitting the lottery. Talk about having a genie in a bottle. I know it's not three wishes, but still, between a genie and Jesus, I'm taking Jesus one wish. I know we can't relate, certainly, to Bartimaeus, blind beggar. We can't relate to Jesus speaking to us and saying, what do you want me to do for you? But I am going to ask you for just a moment to pretend that that is exactly what is happening, that Jesus is speaking to you personally and asking you, what do you want me to do for you? What or how would you answer? Amazing 
to think about, isn't it? Amazing to think that the Son of God would be asking us our wish. Would it make all the difference in your life? Well, in Bartimaeus' case, he, of course, uh, we heard what he asked for. He said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Now, when you hear the word recover, that seems like an odd word there. It, it, but it does seem to imply that, that he wanted it back again. Maybe he had sight before. We're not told. I don't, I don't know if our commentators and scholars know those answers always. But it sounds like maybe he used to be able to see and he was like, I want to get my sight back like it was. Maybe he had an illness, an injury, an accident, whatever the case. He wanted his sight back. And Jesus, of course, answers Go your way. Your faith has saved you. And we're told immediately he recovered his sight. It's a miracle. Literally. What if Jesus were to do that for you? For whatever it is that you were thinking or asking for, what would it be if Jesus would be to say to you, go your way? Your faith, if you will, has, has granted your wish. I um, have had the opportunity to, with my visual impairment and being you know, obviously in a little bit of a public uh, situation at times, any number of people have, have approached me and talked with me about it and, and asked me questions, and I've appreciated that when people do that. And, and some have asked, um, you know, or they've said to me, uh, basically, you know, God can heal uh, blindness or vision, and I wholeheartedly agree. And, um, and they'll say, I'm going to pray for you. And and I say genuinely, thank you. But what seems to be the unspoken part of that is to say something like, with enough faith, you should receive your sight. Have you not prayed for this? To which, of course, I say, yes, I have. But have you ever felt that tension? Because on the one hand, Jesus talks about the man's faith. There are other passages in Scripture that talk about you will receive whatever you ask for. Say to this mountain, be moved, if you have faith like a grain of mustard. And so one conclusion could be that if we don't receive the answer to our prayer the way we want it to, is it because we don't have enough faith? And maybe that can be the case. Oh, you of little faith, Jesus told his disciples again and again. That's true. How many of us can say we have perfect faith? But at the same time, there are also plenty of places in Scripture that reference the fact that when people pray for a certain thing, that it is not anything to do with their faith or lack of it, that God's plan or will does not include a yes answer. To them. Do I think that God can heal my vision, so to speak, or just like that make it 
perfect 2020? <laughs> of course he can. I mean, I chuckle because it's, it's almost an absurd question. He's, he's the Lord. He's the Son of God. He's, he's God himself. He's made the heavens and earth. Can he do that? Of course. But why does he choose Bartimaeus to give that what do you want me to do for you question? Why did he heal certain people and, and certainly there were others that were not healed? Why is it that even today some people seem to have their prayers answered with a yes, even with a miracle or miraculous deliverance from an accident or problem and yet others don't? The moment we start trying to make judgments about people's faith and, and lack of it and so forth, we have gone down the wrong road. You see, we can't always understand the mind of God. But I want to come back to that word recover again for just a minute. You know, the word that um, the blind man Bartimaeus used was, he used a word that had an, a prefix in front of it. Um, in the, uh, the language that the Bible was written in, it's the prefix A-N-A, Ana. So it was kind of like, which means again. So uh, again, I want to see again would maybe be, uh, but the ESV does recover, which is fine. But that same prefix is used in another place in scripture that might be informative for us. John chapter three tells the story of Jesus having a conversation with a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a high-profile Pharisee. He had a lot of authority and influence. And at the time, the Pharisee's official position on Jesus was that he was, well, a heretic, that he was a troublemaker, a false prophet, and eventually they plotted to get rid of him. Well, Nicodemus didn't agree with that, and he wanted to find out more. He met with Jesus in secret at night, we're told, and in John chapter 3, Jesus says to him, truly I say to you, unless a man is born again, and he uses that same word with that A-N-A -A prefix, unless a person is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And that led Nicodemus, this learned person, to say, what? I'm supposed to somehow get back in my mother's womb? and be, I'm, in, I'm a grown man. This doesn't make any sense. And you'll recall Jesus then had to explain to him, no, 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 no. Unless a person is born of water and the Spirit. Baptism, what we just saw. Amazing. What an incredible, mysterious gift that God gives to his people. But that same word with Anna, born of water and the Spirit. In other words, born, this word can also imply from above where the Spirit comes from, that to be born from above is the same thing as being born of water and the Spirit. Now, let me ask, and I'm not saying that Bartimaeus was thinking this, or that Mark, when he wrote these words, was thinking this, but what if, in the words of Bartimaeus, when he said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight, let me see again, what if we were to interpret that Anna? as being from above. Lord, let me see from above. In other words, with your eyes, 
the eyes that see me as I truly am, a lost and condemned person who is in absolute need of grace and forgiveness, but also one who can see that because of Jesus, I am loved and forgiven and given grace unconditionally, and I am accepted as I've been adopted into his family and loved no matter what. Lord, let me see from above that you have called me to your, to your family that I have been forgiven, I am righteous before you, and now I can live my life in confidence and peace in order to serve you and other people, that you have a plan for me, that you have, you have put, given me certain gifts and abilities and put me in certain circumstances so that you can use me to make a difference in this world. Lord, let me see from above that you are in energizing me and enabling me to follow you in my life. Whatever it was that you were thinking about, Lord, when he said, what can I do for you? Whatever that was, I would just ask you one question. Whatever that was, was that something that will make a difference eternally? You see, this response to Jesus, what can I do for you? Lord, let me see from above. He's answered. That's why you're here. He says to you, go your way. Your faith has saved you. And now, we can be like Bartimaeus, no longer sitting on the side, begging, but rather following on the road behind Jesus wherever he leads us in order to bring him glory and honor in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.